much time do you want for your progress? progress. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Clatter Chatter on Things That Matter, the podcast that is intellectually engaging, theologically reflecting, encouraging sociologically, imagining ways in which we can live. Thank you for spending this short amount of time with us. We promise you that you will not regret a moment of it. Shout out to Trevor Smith and V.J. Herbert for commissioning this fantastic music to get our minds going on things eternal, positive, and fulfilling life's purposes. Today is the longest day of the year that has the shortest night of the year. That's a song. Uh, It is June 21st, 2022. Uh, Dr. Hayes? Yeah, Dr. Cooper. How you doing? I'm doing pretty well. How about yourself? Uh, considering everything that has happened since last we talked, I got an orbital fracture. My lips are numb. I had told my colleagues today, I am at peace. I said, well, Lord, I lived with this face for 53 years. Maybe I'm going to get a new look and I'm leaning into it. New perspective, new opportunities to see and appreciate just access to health care, having health insurance having a relationship with a physician who can open up doors to specialists. Who am I to complain about anything? I can call her up and she just says, here, just go. And I am overwhelmed with gratitude. (laughs) So I've learned some lessons during this medical leave, so to speak. And that is, just ease into whatever it is supposed to be. Okay, sarah, sarah is what my mom always says. Whatever will be, will be. And so much is happening. We got that January 6th hearing going on. We've got the um, ban on transgender swimmers who have gone through puberty. So that's going to impact for sure uh, swimmers like Mia Tom- Thomas and those trans women who are, who are uh, great swimmers, um, but maybe not able to compete on the stage. It is such a, everything is just crazy. Inflation is high. Gas prices are high. There's going to be some national teeth soon, Dr. Hayes. Come on, talk. Well, I think if you can take the approach of Kesara Sarah about your unfortunate fall, that we can also apply that same measurement to everything else that's happening in the world, what will be, what will be. I think that uh, a a lot of what we do um, or a lot of what we experience in life is consequential to what we have done. And I think that we've done some things in the world and in this country uh, uh, after which we are reaping the results of those uh, 
mistakes. I'll call them mistakes. Sometimes it was intentional, but we didn't understand what the consequences would be fully. Um, at the moment, it's like uh, we live for the we live for what we can get now, what we can do now. We enter hell with tomorrow. Well, tomorrow is coming, coming, even though when it gets here, it won't be called tomorrow. It'll be called today. If you live, the future catches up with you and the mistakes of the past uh, really produce the consequences of your future. Dr. So, Hayes. Yeah. Yes. I was going to say, it just reminds me, as you were talking, it just reminds me of the shenanigans of King David, as that story is told. And, and, and the prophet Nathan had to come and point out the error of his ways. But David, he was, you know, according to the story, he was a man after God's own heart. Brother had it going on. He had defeated a giant called Goliath. He had become the uh, a king, and he had uh, after he had publicly shamed Bathsheba on the public square. You know, their first child by that indiscretion was not able to live life, but the redemption of of that indiscretion was lived out through Solomon. But but here's the thing. David didn't really understand the error of his ways. I don't get it because, you know, Bathsheba was up there taking a bath during her monthly menses. Bathing was not the normal like it is today. It was to be ritualistically clean to go inside of the tabernacle, the tent of meetings. And David saw her. She was ovulating. You know, that's what was going on because she was taking a bath. So she was pretty fertile. But then the brother had a husband killed. And then he had his way with the woman. Before she, he had the husband killed, he had his way with her. And he had him killed. This is worse than the young and the restless, or better than the young and the restless. Had him placed on the front lines like he was fighting against the Russians in Ukraine, on the front lines. And so that it wouldn't, so that it wouldn't look as if uh, she was pregnant by her husband. Because she wasn't. He was on the battlefield. David had crept in. But the prophet Nathan had to point out to David what he had done. So your past does catch up with you, and your tomorrow is right now. And how we fix the future is how we treat our present reality. And our present reality can dictate and imagine a world beyond where we are right now. But somehow we are so stuck like David was in our vain pleasures. This is about me, what I want. Let me have my fat meat that's greasy. Let me have my big cars. Let me have my clothes. Let me have my, my food. Let me have my opulent house, my space. It's all about me. Be damned to everybody else. And that is the gluttonous spirit in gluttony, one of those seven abominations. We don't talk about that. We talk about everything else that's not even necessarily a sin, an abomination, you know, like that homosexuality thing. That wasn't even a word or a construct in antiquity, but that gluttonous spirit, that greed, that insatiability, that's all throughout the biblical text. And, and it runs in tandem or parallel with capitalism and hegemony or domination or systems of oppression that pits one group better than the other when there is equity in this kingdom, if you will, the only kingdom that's lasting for everlasting to everlasting. So I don't know why we want to build 
personality into demagogues? Well, that's a mystery of the ages. Um, uh, the haves, the have-nots, and the whole scheme of things um, that involves the greed of those who have more than enough, resting on the backs of those who never have enough. It's almost like you can't be super affluent unless thousands of other people are super poor because you gain what you gain because of their loss or because of their labor, so to speak. And the story is, it happens over and over and over again. When people begin to do well, then they get fat. And when they get fat, all of, all of those vices take hold and they begin to want more and more and more and more and obviously more than they'll ever need. What, what, what can they do with all that they have? But yet this seems to be the rat race that, that the human race has been on for centuries thousands of years it has been the same way and you know um, Jesus tried to show us a better way but we really don't want to go a better way we we kind of seem to like it the way it's been going and that's what's a mystery to me how come we don't just want to be better and do better and I ask the question all the time. I, my Bible study group, I raise the same issue. Why, why do human beings keep killing each other uh, when you know what that produces? More killing. The more you kill, the more killing happens. Um, but this whole thing about, you know, we make money off of guns, and so we're going to we're going to support the proliferation of guns because it keeps our money flowing. And the man who's head of the NRA, they said he's, he's had more vacations and he's got new wardrobes and you can look at his face until he gets a regular facial. So he, he is beyond affluent. He's greedy and he's getting all this money supposedly as a leader of an organization of people who like hunting and like to have guns, but it's more to it than that. And, you know, and I, you know, it's funny how when we get into these conversations about killing, invariably someone in a group will say, well, what about blacks killing blacks? Well, yeah. Whose fault do you think that is? They learn from the oppressor. And they have always infiltrated our communities with things that kill us. Where do you think they get these guns? Where do you think they get the money to get these guns? Same place they got the drugs and the money to get the drugs. And these things are designed to kill us. And if it doesn't kill us, 
then at least it keeps us from ever being in a place of competition with the greedy. So Dr. Hayes, a gun uh, for black folks in the hand is a bachelor's degree <laughs> or, a, or an advanced degree or a skill set. A status symbol. That's the weapon. That's our gun, our thinking ability, and that's what's killing them. And so, so because we're so creative and ingenu- uh, have great ingenuity uh, and, and we can think our way and create our way, the power of our mind is our weapon because the weapons of our warfare are not carnal for the tearing down of the strongholds. We are inventive, creative, resilient people who can think our way out of situations or pray our way out of situations. But here's what I, here's what I want to say when you go to go back to, and I got this quote from a, a, um, a show that I share in my at risk class called Bang, bang, you're dead. And it's a play that was used to, um, that culminates with the Columbine, Jonesboro, Paducah, those shootings. And the protagonist of this particular movie or play says that the weapon that we have is our is a, a PhD. That's the weapon that we need to use, not a gun, but our brain, our power. So I, I said that to say, to go back to what you were saying about taking on the ways of the oppressor, which is exactly what my father used to say all the time, is this. No matter how many black-on-black gang-banging homicides that we might have, it will never measure up to the number of state-sanctioned lynchings that took place in this country. And Brian Stevenson, the attorney, has a lynching museum in Alabama that tells that truth. And the irony is the last lynching in the state that didn't know what its own identity would be in Missouri, that's the Missouri Compromise, that didn't know if it was going to be a free state or slave state, happened in Sykes, Missouri, on this road that's ironically named Plantation Road, which is that mythical road that starts the south that Mason-Dixon line, Plantation Road, they tarred and feathered this man named Cleo White in Sykes, Missouri, the last state-sanctioned lynching. And I think that happened uh, in the 1950s. So that wasn't too long ago. The 1950s, state-sanctioned lynches, where they tarred and feathered this man in the city of Sykeston in the boot hill of Missouri. But here's the thing. It doesn't matter. I mean, when you see this strange fruit hanging from the tree, as Billie Holiday saying about, those were the lynchings that took place for no reason. And then they would they would cut off the appendages, the 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 genitalia, especially of our black men, castrate them. They already hanging from a tree. They would and, and then they would burn them and do all that. So so yeah, it's part of our history. And then we lest we forget wounded knee and all those other. Um, horrendous acts against the native people who were here uh, just because they look different. This was their land. So the blood in this soil is horrible. And the, the, the dichotomy or the hypocrisy is this. These folks didn't want to go around and say, we want to protect the life, ban abortions, just like them buffoons in Texas over the weekend. Again, the irony in Texas that the GOP 
conference have this litany of stuff that they want to uphold. We're going to get rid of abortion. We're going to get rid of voting rights act. We're going to declare homosexuality as a social deviant behavior. We're going to do all of this stuff because we are the grand old opposition party. Go someplace and sit your tail down, Texas. Y'all didn't know the emancipation. You forgot they wanted to secede. I wish they would. I wish they would. Every every supremacist with them and let them have their own state. And I bristle at the fact that we got a federal holiday called Juneteenth when it took them two and a half years to be honest. They knew that the Emancipation Proclamation had ended slavery on January 1st, 1863. But they waited two and a half years, and now we can shuck and jive for a regional experience that makes it a federal holiday for most of the workers in the federal government are white people. So we still lose it. <laughs> How do we get to this place? And and I, I I don't I don't know. I agree with you. We this well, and and, and the know, language. I- in the in the greater scheme of things, a national holiday is nothing but a day off from work for anybody. And most of our holidays are like that. We don't really celebrate what it's designed for. But and and that's what I'm saying is that's the least of my concern. Um, the, the greater concern is how they are managing to cut off the vote, which means we'll have no say over who is going to rule over us or, or dictate the the terms of our future. Um, we never got all we wanted, but at least we got some things and made some progress and were able to um to to carve out a life that that, that was was you know it was okay. Most black folk live an okay life some struggle more than others that's for sure but most of us are doing well enough that we're not suffering but now if they start cutting back on everything and saying that we we're not supposed to vote and then we're going to have all this upheaval about getting to the the polls to vote and then they're going to throw out the votes after we vote and then they're going to miscount the ones that they count. <laughs> and it's going to end up being whatever they want. They they being those who have the power to make these decisions. And that's, that's more of a concern for me because I think that we don't have people who really care anymore. They don't, they don't mind hurting people and they don't even have to look at it. They don't have to live around it and they can be totally isolated from the suffering that goes on. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. As long as they don't have to see it, then they can act like it doesn't exist. But I wonder if the people who really are trying to stir up the nest on all of this will ever pay a penalty for it. That's that's what I want to be. And I think the answer to that will tell us exactly where the country is. If they're allowed to get away with all these things, then we'll know for certainty 
that the country is on its way to hell. I'll just put it like that. We used to say in a handbasket, <laughs> whatever that means. Yeah, in a handbasket. That that means a whole lot, Dr. Hayes. Uh, I know you probably heard that little uh, queuing up uh, that just a few moments ago, or maybe you didn't. I hope you didn't hear it. Um, uh, that's good because I, I uh, uh, the Beehive has come up with a new song, and and I want to play it on on today, the lo- the longest day of the year, the shortest night of the year, and I think it's so apropos. Uh, I haven't always been a Beyonce fan, but I know uh, my niece Hillary and and her generation they love them some Beyonce. Um, but this song is called "Break My Soul," and uh, it has had over three million views since it dropped just a few hours ago. And and just the title alone says something: "Break My Soul." You're not going to break my soul. I'm more motivated than ever. And I think it might perhaps be a new anthem for the resiliency yeah. of us. Because yeah. it, no matter what, Dr. Hayes, we keep coming back. These, these, this new generation has to have that spirit. They have to have it. They have to have it. Because those of my generation that have seen this come around and go around too many times, we need hope. And we need help. <laughs> so if the if the coming generation doesn't doesn't have that same resilience, we're in sure enough trouble. Well, I promise you. I believe they do. I, I promise do. you, my little niece, uh, the the teenager. That's what I call her. She a teenager, Bella. She got that resilience. She's strutting her stuff. She gonna do what she gonna do, and she is running the world i kid you not that little girl and 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 it is so that alpha generation the generation after the millennials after generation z because i got hope with generation z because they're the ones who disrupted that 2020 election uh all of those rallies and stuff for 45 they went in and got virtual tickets and 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 made it look like it was millions of people there when it wasn't but about five or six i'm being facetious but you know generation z all they have known is and that's my nephew chauncey and your grandson uh jamil all they have known is obama uh eight years of of good times you know and and here come this the power of of you cannot Tell me I'm not going to survive because I have had to wear a mask even when my lungs are not fully developed in a pandemic. I'm going to breathe this Ruah of God and I'm going to make my way in this world and you ain't going to break my soul. Let's hear what Beyonce got to say. That African beat, get that drum, get you. She went all the way back and got that rhythm of the of the nineties.
That's all I can sample right now. But basically, she said, you can't break my soul. You know, I, I work too damn hard. Uh, uh, and I'm motivated. Uh, whatever yeah. you say, you ain't going to break my soul. I'm looking for a new foundation. I'm on that got. new vibration. I'm building my own foundation. Hold up. You won't all break right. my soul. Yeah. All right. Release your anger, release your mind, release your job, release your time, release your trade, release the stress, release the love, forget the rest. You ain't going to break my soul. That's some, that's some words right there. Isn't it? All right. Yeah. She had, she's always had spiritual motivation. I like Beyonce. I do too. Well, it's been good catching up with you. And I think well, I hope you get better every day. I'm trying. I didn't have my. Uh, we gonna hang in here. See what the end's gonna be. Amen. And on that note, enjoy the beginning of summer. It has been a privilege, a pleasure, and an honor to have you join in with us today. I for, I forgot to also mention. Look up at the sky. All the planets are lined up. Get up in the wee hours of the morning because we might not see it in our lifetime again. Until we can see it through June 27th. Stay safe and well.